Welcome to the Louisiana Delta Crop Podcast, covering agriculture and all things related in East Carroll, Madison, Tinsall, Concordia, and Catahoula Parishes. Hello, everyone, and thanks for listening to another episode. It's Kylie Miller here, and today I'm joined with Dennis Burns and Dr. C. Brown. Um, how are y'all today? Uh, I'm good, you know. Yep, doing well. Good. Um, well, see, well, you're our guest speaker today, and we're glad to have you. And uh, I hear last week y'all had a bad tornado at Dean Lee. Um, so what's the status of that going on there? So, yes, we did. So Wednesday night, we had a EF2 tornado roll through our area and essentially completely destroy uh, a lot of our buildings that we use, our seed barns, our tractor sheds, our mechanic shops. Um, pretty much everything, if you've ever been to Dean Lee, you know where the main office is. Everything that's not attached to the main office um, that's on the farm has been destroyed. The residences were fine. We, lost, we incurred a little bit of shingle damage. Uh, we lost some tin on our carport. Um, but thankfully, nobody was injured. Uh, no, we didn't lose any cattle. Uh, and but we did sustain massive damage to our infrastructure and estimates are upwards of a hundred million dollars in damage. And that's just the buildings that doesn't include equipment. So wow. what buildings were, I know that I saw the pictures of DeWitt building. Um, what about like the EVAC center? Um, so, so EVAC shelter survived. It did what it was supposed to. So the EVAC shelter is built to a different code than all of our other buildings. It's built to withstand severe weather, mainly hurricanes. And so the evac shelter was almost, I think it took no damage. Wow. So uh, it, it sustained very little, if any, damage at all. And uh, it did what it was supposed to. And so it was our, when the tornado hit, I mean, it was our, it was after the day after we started coordinating, that's where we all congregated because it's, it's got a main generator that kicks on and air conditioning still works and everything lights are on. So that's where that was our headquarters for a few days until yeah. we could get power back on and then kind of assess exactly what happened. So, well, that was scary. Um, I stayed up all night watching that tornado when it, when it had came, when it, I guess it had started a little bit before Ellick and I tracked it all the way till it crossed the river because it went South Catahoula, South Concordia. And I think when it crossed the river, it stayed formed into, into Mississippi. But uh, I hadn't heard how big of a tornado that was, but. Wow, that was yeah, scary. and yeah, uh, and that's yeah. Go ahead. Oh, that say so that was a two, and so that's the closest I've ever been to a tornado. And because uh, I mean, like I said, it was everything they say is true about. <laughs> it sounds like a freight train outside yeah. your window. It sounded like a freight train outside the window. And uh, uh, my wife and I and our daughter were in the hallway with our dogs, and uh, we were kind of bunkered down. And I went to go look out the window to see what was coming. And you could see the transformers blowing as it was walking towards us. So you could see it good. It was the screen. The sky was green. And it was just, that was the transformers exploding. And it would be green, a little closer, another pop of green. Y'all knew. Y'all knew closer, another, tornado. Yeah. You could see it coming. Oh, and scary. so uh, even though it was dark, it hit at 930 at night. You know, yeah. we had our, our phones. And then you could, you could feel the barometric pressure drop in the house yeah. as it approached. And so, and it was just it was, it was an eerie feeling. It's one of those where it's unnerving to be in because you know, you may not be able to see it, but you just know something's wrong. Yeah. And so I don't know. It was, it was, it was interesting. I mean, I've been in, 
I don't, I've been in a few hurricanes living, growing up in the Gulf Coast of Texas and, you know, tornadoes, a, it's a different animal, even compared yeah. to a hurricane. So. Yeah. Um, I'm always interested in tornadoes. I used to want to be a weather girl when I was growing up. That was like, I guess whenever I was growing up, that movie Twister was coming, you know, growing up. So I was like fascinated with it. And, uh, but I, I've always wanted to see one, but I never want to see one here or, you know, hit anyone's home, maybe, you know, mm. in the field yeah. somewhere. But Steve, yeah. I'd have been like you. I'd, I'd have had to go outside and look. I was looking out our bedroom window and I was like, I'm pretty sure Kim yelled at me to get in the hallway. And then as I started <laughs> seeing the, as I started seeing the transformers blow and I was like, and then you started hearing the freight train outside the window. I was like, yeah, I probably need to get away from this one. That's not real smart. Yeah. So, yeah. And I wonder why women live longer than men. So, but, <laughs> what about see, hail? Did y'all see uh -huh. hail? Did y'all have any hail damage? We didn't have any hail damage. We surprisingly had zero hail damage. Wow. Uh, um, you know, we we lost a tree in the backyard. Well, we lost a piece of a big pecan tree, um, and so that knocked our power out for about twenty four hours because it dropped on the on our line coming from the main pole to the house, mm -hmm. and so it uh it fell on our line and bent our weather our, our weather main at a 90 degree angle so they had to come fix that and um for the most part though i mean we were all very fortunate our neighbor's trampoline wound up in our side yard it looked like somebody sent it to a wood chipper and it was just sure. a mangled mess and um shingle we're still finding shingles in different like i find a shingle every day wherever mm -hmm. i walk yeah um but it's the real it, i mean the real damage is when you look and you go to the when you look at the research station and you see just the sheer amount of tin that's in the trees, the trees are mm -hmm. broken off like matchsticks all around the station. And I mean, there's tin wrapped around fence posts. There's a tractor. We have had two old cotton pickers that are turned on their sides. Mm. Uh, the dumpster is a hundred yards away from where that it's That was at. one of the coolest pictures I, out of all the pictures I saw circulating Facebook that, that next morning, that dumpster was out in the field. That was yeah. Yeah, that was wild. Yeah, it was and it looks like somebody took a sledgehammer, an industrial side sledgehammer yeah. to that dumpster. That takes a lot I mean, of power. Just, yeah. So that's you know, that just kind of shows the power of these things. And then, you know, our cinder block buildings didn't withstand any I mean, they, they were crushed. And so and we live in a cinder block house and you know, conventional wisdom is a cinder block house is stronger than a wood house, but if you take a direct hit from a tornado, honestly, don't think it matters. It's yeah. like, you know, if it's, it can destroy, it, it's going to destroy whatever it hits, whether it's cinder block or wood or, you know, a trailer house or whatever. It's not, your buildings aren't going to make it if you get a direct hit. Makes so nervous. Yeah. Everybody needs to have a plan for when that day yeah. comes. Cause that, yeah. that definitely had my wheels turning. If, if something had ever happened, where would we go? And, yeah. uh, I don't like what my option is right now. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know about y'all, but I don't like it. So, but I'm glad y'all are okay and everyone else is okay. And, you know, that was scary. Steve, I got, remember Kyle, I got a question for sure. Steve as far as the station. Okay. Uh, what about research? Where um, are y'all going to be with that? I mean, are you going to... Research is still ongoing. Like I'm taking, so my lab was untouched. Uh, the plant pathology, uh, Dr. Boyd Pageant's lab, and I, we share a lab building. Uh, our labs were untouched. And so uh, we're still conducting research. The weed science program is still conducting research, agronomy. I mean, 
the research station is still operating as best we can. Um, I'm pulling thrip samples later this week in cotton. And um, so we're still, the research, the mission is still ongoing. Uh, we're assessing tractor situation right now. We didn't lose any, we, let me think. We didn't really lose any of our row crop tractors. We lost some windows, but we still, they're still operational. And our planter, our cone planter is still good. Uh, and we've got some, uh, we've got some, our planters are still good. So I know our cone planter is still good. And our eight row precision planter, I think, was questionable. So they're taking a look at that this week. But uh, for the, we can still plant tests. We can still, I can still spray. My sprayer is fine. The high boy is fine. Uh, um, so to get the accomplish the mission, plant the crops, and do the things we need to, uh, we can still get it done. So okay. that's, well, that's so that's good. Looking at the looking at the pictures and you know the pictures I saw, wasn't sure you know what y'all were going to be able to do with as far as research goes. Yeah, we're we're still on. Like I said, we're getting you know we've got lease tractors coming in. I think next week, so they're replacing. You know, we've got new. I mean, they're lease. You know, we've got anywhere from 200 plus horsepower tractors coming down to 130, 150 to mm -hmm. help us to help us do exactly that, to help us keep farming. And so to help us keep doing research. Um, and so and a lot of us still are. I know uh, Dr. Mosley, the new soybean specialist, he's he's getting ready to plant some planting date studies this week. Um, he said I'm taking thrip samples on Thursday or Friday. Uh, Dr. Boyd is uh, putting in trials, looking at fungicide efficacy. So, I mean, in the weed science program, actually sprayed a test uh, yesterday. So, I mean, I think okay. you know, we're still getting the, we're still getting the data, still getting the research. So, it's, okay. it's well, that's good. I, I was a little concerned that y'all would be out or at least severely hampered by it. I mean, our our I have to. It's a testament to the guys that we work with on this station. I mean, they're you know, the scientists. We do the work. But the classified guys keep this place running. And so they, um, they really did a great job getting us back online, uh, getting, I mean, getting, the, getting where we need power, the chem shed hooked up to a generator. So we, all we have to do to go crank a, is to get a, in our chem shed and work is to go crank a generator uh, mm -hmm. to be able to get gas. I mean, these guys are really power. No, we still don't have power. I, we have power at the residence, but we don't have power on the stations. Okay. So the, uh, the classified guys, I mean, our, you know, those guys are working – you know, they're giving it everything that they can to make sure that this research station functions. And, you know, we couldn't do it without them and the hourlies too. I mean, everybody has really stepped up to the plate to be able to, to continue the mission at Dean Lee. So we've all, you know, it's been a, it's been really good. And we've had a bunch of County agents come out and help string up fence for the cattle, cut trees. Uh, we had heavy equipment from Benhurst research station come and help us yesterday. So, uh, I mean, everybody is really kind of, you know, we hit another gear trying to get cleaned up so we can continue as the research station. So it's been a really, uh, it's been a very humbling experience, but it's also, it's very good to see what, you know, what everybody can get done. So, yeah, I'm glad to hear it. And, um, let's hopefully that the storm coming in this evening doesn't, doesn't provide any more damage to anybody else we know. I know. Uh, yeah. Because the report on it doesn't look very promising either, but I know I keep we gotta we gotta get out of this tornado season. I mean, there's very I never think I'd I don't ever wish for hurricane season, but I mean I'm getting close. So. <laughs> Does anybody ever notice that every hurricane season that comes through, they're like, "This is gonna be the worst hurricane season that's ever happened." Oh yeah, I think I read that yeah. again last week. No. <clears throat> 
shook my mm-hmm. head because you know mm-hmm. the, yeah. the, the weather's just getting too spontaneous um or not spontaneous mm-hmm. just you know dramatic lately so but anyway well, a little little fun fact tornado alley has shifted east we are now in the middle of tornado alley if you look so I saw something on the Weather Channel a few months ago where Tornado Alley has actually starting to shift to the east. And so Louisiana is kind of, depending on which model you look at, is smack dab in the middle of Tornado Alley. Weren't oh. so, you uh, just a bundle of joy this morning? You know? I know. <laughs> and in them all, just, we just, you know, I, I'm the bearer of bad news. All the way I think so. <laughs> Well, let's let's talk about some etymology really quick before we okay. run out of time. Uh, what do what do you have any uh, thing to share with us about that? I mean, what's going on? I know everybody's well. They've already started planting cotton and soybeans. Mm-hmm. So, um, you got anything to share? Uh, you know, I've gotten very few calls. I guess I'll start with beans. I've gotten very few calls on soybeans this year. Guys are, um, I think we've had warm weather. You know, we've had a few cool snaps here and there but when what guys got in the beans everything i've seen and everything guys i've talked to the beans are coming off really quickly uh vigor looks pretty good uh germination is good stand is good uh so you know when you have a lot of environmental factors that line up for optimum growth you know you're not going to see a whole lot of insect issue just because insect issues because the beans are growing so quickly and especially if guys have seed treatments on their beans that's just going to give them that little bit of added protection uh, to get them out of the ground quicker. So soybeans have been pretty quiet. Um, I will say this, since I'm still on beans, there are a very large number of red banded stink bugs in the environment, at least in my area and further south. So guys need to be prepared that especially if they planted beans early and they're one of the few guys that planted beans early around them, then that's going to be a target for red bandits. So typically what's going to happen is, is the number of acres planted at the same time is what a lot of time is what will help save us from red bandits is that when the beans all mature about that same time, it dilutes the pot. You know, you can kind of dilute your population down. If you have a farmer that jumps out and is the first one planted, say plants a thousand acres, April one, and he's the only one for two weeks, his beans are going to be ready two weeks faster than his neighbors. And so he's going to concentrate a lot of those stink bugs in one area. So if we have guys that are doing that, and I know there are a few out there. They need to definitely make sure that they are on there. They are ready to spray for red bandits, even in the north part of the state. Because my colleagues in Mississippi, if you follow Twitter and you watch Angus or any of those guys, they're finding red bandits up in the North Delta too. So I mean, it's it's going to be a. I think it's going to be a pretty tough year for red bandits. So we got a bunch of beans in Concordia, South Concordia, were planted in March. Yeah, and. Uh, I mean, I'm, those there on the highway that, that, that you know that were planted right, right when you come out of Fairview, they're three or four inches tall. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, and that's a no. that's a big block that's do I That ours are just coming out from underwater. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, uh. you know, I talked to a grower yesterday, and you can answer this. They he put he had the Cadillac fungicide and the Cadillac um, insecticide on there. Inoculant everything, and they run the water for twelve hours. Are they gonna make it? Hmm. Uh, I hope so. They were, they were just coming up. He was, you know, he was. I, I think they'll. I think they'll make it. Yeah. I, I hope. I hope they will. I like to be. I'm very optimistic. Since I have yeah, to be was, the bear. Since I be the. I'm the bearer of bad news for everything else. <laughs> you know, it's like I'm yeah. very optimistic about things. It's like you know well, what? I give it 
Let, let's see. I, I hope well, he, I, he was he was kind of what it, what was so funny. He was kind of moaning about the he had the he had he had everything on there. You mean you know the seed wouldn't hardly go in the planter. They had so much seed treatment yeah. on them, and then they went underwater for twelve hours. You know. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, I like I said, I, I think they might. They just might. So I'm gonna. I, you know, I, I told him I thought they're on heavy heavy clay. Yeah. I said as soon as it crusts over a little bit, they should pop out of the ground without even, Yeah. Because you know, he didn't plant very deep. So. Yeah. Well, I said I, I like to be optimistic. So. Yeah. Well, I was. I tried to be encouraging. And he, yeah. He was, you know, he was already moaning <laughs> enough. Yeah. So. <laughs> Encouragingly optimistic. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's what I, I mean, for soybeans thus far, like I said, it's been very quiet. And then normally this time of the year it is, I mean, we don't hear a whole lot, especially in April, March planted beans, April planted beans. Uh, I get a little bit on the March planted beans because typically it's slow, they get planted in colder, less, uh, advantageous temperatures than April. Uh, but I haven't heard anything from the guys that even planted in March. So it's been pretty quiet on the bean front. Um, going into cotton. So since a lot of guys are putting cotton in the ground, you know, we do have some warm temperatures coming next week. I know we're supposed to hit at least here, we're supposed to hit 90 uh, as, as a high, I think, next weekend. So that's very – those are good temperatures for cotton. You know, that hot temp, hot daytime temperatures, we're accumulating, accumulating those DD60s. Uh, that's what's going to make our cotton grow. That's going to help. And that's typically what I tell guys at all these winter meetings or pretty much anywhere is that your quicker-growing plants don't have – are not going to be uh, – they're not going to, they're susceptible to insect injury, but if they don't stay, especially cotton, if it stays two true leaves for two weeks, you're going to have, you know, that opens up a large time window for thrips to sit there and damage that growing point or damage the terminal. So, but if your cotton jumps out of the ground and it hits four true leaves in 14 days or, or you know, two weeks, then, you know, a lot of times that cotton's growing good, it's healthy. And so thrips are not too big of an issue uh, with healthy, good growing cotton. And so, um, but if we need some kind of foliar rescue treatment, the ones that I typically recommend that have worked well for me are Bidrin. Uh, Bidrin is not going to flare, flare spider mites as bad as acephate will. Now, acephate is going to be, you know, the, probably the cheapest option that you can use, but you run the largest risk of flaring spider mites. And so acephate also has good control of tobacco and westerns. It's got a good spectrum of activity. Uh, and you've got Intrepid Edge. Um, I think Corteva has moved away from using Radiant to moving use, to using Intrepid Edge. Intrepid Edge is a premix of Radiant or Spinataram with methoxyphenazide or the old Intrepid. And so when you use Intrepid Edge, you're getting the basically the Radiant but you're also getting Intrepid with it. The Intrepid's not bringing anything to the table. You're just spraying it for the Radiant. And so I know Corteva's trying to move guys off of Radiant into Intrepid Edge just because they're not produced. They're going to be not producing Radiant as much as they used to from what I've been, what I've been told. So the supply chain is becoming limited. Um, so if you use Intrepid Edge, it's going to perform just like Radiant. Uh, you're going to have good activity on thrips. You're not going to have flare spider mites. It's going to be the lowest on the spider mite flaring spectrum of the ones that we typically recommend. So it's going to be acephate is you're going to be, you run the most risk of flaring mites. Bidrin is second to that. Intrepid Edge is third. Intrepid Edge is definitely the softest. And so, uh, but it's also the most expensive. So that's, you have to take that into consideration as well. So, uh, um, 
you know, and I tell guys, don't wait for a uh, herbicide treatment with these. If you've got thrips on your cotton, and I'm not talking, you know, you see two adults. Uh, thrip, cotton is going to have adult thrips, regardless of whether you, what kind of seed treatments you have on it, you're going to see adults. The, the trigger is going to be, if you've got a very, very large number of adults, and you're also, and they're causing damage, or you've got immatures present. If you've got immatures present, that means that the adults are feeding, they're laying eggs, and whatever seed treatment you have is gone. And so that typically the presence of immatures is going to cause, is going to trigger a rescue treatment. Um, I've also had guys where they just have, you know, you're looking at 50 to 100 adult thrips crawling around on two-leaf cotton. You know, that's going to cause a lot of damage over time. So those, those guys, you know, there are situations outside of that where you need to make an application where this cotton is bent over with adults, but more than likely that seed treatment is, has broken already or is about to break with that much pressure. So that's typically what we recommend for cotton. Okay. Well, Dennis, do you have anything you want to add to it before we close? Oh, yeah. I want to ask uh, one question. Bill bugs and rice. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, right. We, we're planting, there are more acres, more people are putting in row rice that just really either had no experience or little experience with rice, but they're looking for another crop with the prices this year and row rice has come up and we found bill bugs last year, you know, and we were talking about doing a trial with you and I think you got one arranged, but uh, yeah, let's talk about them a little bit. Yeah. So, uh, you know, so I guess with the trial, so uh, Dr. Blake Wilson off campus has treated some, uh, we have certain different, different seed treatments and looking at a potential foliar uh, option for rice billbug. And it's going up at Dennis's research station, uh, the Northeast research station, my former station. And then we're going to try to look and see what seed treatments hopefully help with rice billbug. Um, but so with the billbug, honestly, what seed treatments work, we don't really know. The data that, I've got, and what I've seen from my colleagues out of Arkansas, have pre preliminary or preliminarily say that, um, that Dermacore is going to have a better is going to have better activity on billbugs than, say, Cruiser or some kind of neonic. So that's what I've been told by my colleagues up there is that they think that Dermacore has got a little bit better activity, and that potentially uh, the new product uh, Fortenza or cyanotranilaprol has got some decent activity on billbugs. But like I said, that's why we're putting this trial in. And so we have data for Louisiana. Uh, but I know they're looking at a few different uh, options up there, different foliar options, and uh, looking at some other seed treatments as well. So um, so we'll see kind of how that, that goes. But as far as guys growing row rice, uh, I would just say the damage that I know Dennis has seen more than I have, but the damage that I saw last year, and I think the damage that you've seen over the few years, I mean, would you call that yield limiting? No, generally, no. It, it may be in one little – the first time I ever saw it, I really didn't know what it was. I mean, it was just scattered heads, white right. heads through the field. I mean, it, I don't think it affected yield at all. Now, we had some in those plots last year with that – one variety that and that may have been because it was strictly untreated seed right. that they hit pretty hard but uh, you know with a, the rest of it where we had uh, um, just the seed treatment that comes on i think most of it was dermacore we didn't have any or very few very right so, so i mean in, 
And I think most of that data, I mean, like I said, it's anecdotal right now as far as you know, yeah. we think we think Dermacore's got good activity, but hopefully this trial and what's going on and what the guys are doing in Arkansas can help us answer some questions. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but it is, I, it, but but they showed up. I mean, I we had really had no idea we had them, and right. then all of a sudden, bam, they're there. You know? Right. Well, and not that rice water weevils are a huge huge issue with row rice endemically because rice water weevil are attracted to flooded rice, but the Northeast Research Station doesn't have a huge issue with rice water weevil to begin with. So we can, yeah. if you can remove, you know, all the variables that we can remove out of these studies, and we can just show that, you know. Hopefully this is just bill bugs. You know, we can get good activity on bill bugs. We can take away anything else that's below the soil that may be attacking this rice. So we can say, you know, unequivocally that, you know, this, these seed treatments work very well on bill bugs. And, yeah. you know, it's not confounded by rice water weevil or great calaspis or any of these other things. So, you know, that's, that's good. Hopefully it'll be a really good trial. I'm excited to see what the results come out to be. So. Yeah. Good. Well, we're going to try and plan it. Friday is scheduled for Friday, so yeah. Oh, depending on what this rain does, yeah. anybody anybody wants a road trip, we're gonna plan for Friday. So. <laughs> yeah, that's all I got, Kyle. All right. Well, I'm just gonna say, if any of our listeners wanted to know what bill bugs look like, uh, Blake's got a really good video on our YouTube channel uh, with pictures of them, and he talks about where you can find them and how to search for them. Um, so and that's at our uh, that's on our YouTube channel, Louisiana Delta Crop Videos. Um, okay. And we have a fact sheet too. And y'all have a fact sheet? Okay. Yeah. We uh, Blake and I put a fact sheet together. That's on the Ag Center website. Okay, so we'll try to put that on our Twitter page too, so everyone can have access to that. Um, and that's all I have today. Um, before before our time runs up on this free Zoom account that we <laughs> that we're not supposed to be using. but anyhow but um we appreciate you being here and uh you're always welcome to come back any anytime um stay safe uh tonight as the storm rolls through you too dennis and uh Mm -hmm. thanks everybody for listening all right all right y'all thanks yeah thank you for having me the louisiana delta crop podcast is produced by the lsu ag center extension service For more information, visit the lsuagcenter.com or contact your local extension office.